The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narconon Suncoast. Hello, Jason. Hello, Joni. Here we are again, week after week, and it is week what? 56. Oh, my God. It's week 56. We're in season two. I'm not, and as I, as I say every week, I'm not going to figure out how many we are into season two, although right now it's easy. We're four episodes into season two. It's unbelievable where time is gone, you know? Yes. Oh, something I want to mention before we get into the podcast is that um, Steve sent me a text yesterday, and the film that Jim Meskimen made, the one called Son to Son about addiction, <laughs> is winning awards at film festivals. Really? Yes. Huh, that's amazing. I'm very excited about it. It's a very, very good film. I can't wait until, you know, it's like out there on YouTube and, you know, everybody can see it. Because, of course, right now it's still going to the festivals. And so unless you go to a festival, you can't really see it. Well, I really want to see it. It's really good. Really huh? good. Very good. I was very impressed. And I'm very happy that it's winning awards because that just gives more and more exposure to the problem that we're talking about week after week and gets hopefully gets more and more people to confront it. Well, I think it should because the premise of the movie, like we've talked about before, I think that's a stark reality for a lot of families. Um, you know, it's no longer just the kids that become addicts, but a lot of kids have parents who are addicts and they're brought up in that. And, you know, I think it should be known what we're really looking at here as a society, because, I mean, unfortunately, this thing isn't slowing down. Um, what we can do is just give everybody the information they need to make whatever decision they're going to make in life. And, you know, it's kind of I wouldn't say it's depressing, because I think that's, I guess, a depressing, <laughs> depressing word. But it's just I, I look for news stories and things that are happening. And it's it's easy to watch about five minutes of the news and find yourself in a really like apathetic state about where things are going. But, you know, I think it's great that we offer some hope. We offer information. We offer a solution. And uh, we're just going to keep pushing forward and trudging through this because I can't see – you know, getting any worse. Right. And, you know, I think, I think that's the point where we spring back up from. Exactly. And I think that's the beauty of what you do working there at Narconon is that even though, you know, you can watch the news and it appears to be a very bleak and hopeless situation, you see every single day people who are actually handling their addiction and coming out the other side. And I think, you know, that's, that's why, you know, I could do this podcast all by myself because heaven knows I can talk up a storm. But I think that it is it it would it is like a hundred times better with you being on it because you see, like I say, every day people, you know, coming out coming the out the other side of addiction and you know, getting their lives back. And I think that's huge and that's that's what we keep telling people about. You can get your life back. Yeah, absolutely can. And, you know, when you're going through addiction, either as the addict themselves or the family, it's very easy to think, oh, man, this is never going to end. They're always going to be an addict. When is this just going to be over? You know, I've heard of, you know, parents of a child that have overdosed saying, you know, I'm just glad they don't have to worry about where they are anymore. Right. Just, ugh. Which is, it's sad. Yeah. But yeah, we I, working at Narconon gives me hope because I see these guys transform every day. And, 
you know, I see them come in because I do a lot of the intakes and then I see them as they're kind of routing out and going home or onto whatever next. And it's a completely different person that's sitting across from me, you know, three months later. Right. Right. And uh, I have one of those bright and smiling faces sitting next to me right now, as a matter of fact. I know. And I'm so excited because we're going to interview him. Yeah. And uh, so he, uh, he's been here for a little under three months. He's got a little bit of time left, but he's coming towards the, uh, the end of his program. And uh, he's completely, as far as I can tell, completely different than the day he, uh, he showed up here. You know, it's hard because these guys don't have an objective view on themselves. Right. Like for me, I see myself in the mirror every single day. So I don't ever notice a change happening. And I always tell these guys, you know, they'll be midway through song and I'll comment like, hey, you look like completely different. And they'll say, what, really? I'll say, yeah, you don't see it. And they're like, well, I can't really tell. And I'll say, okay, let me give you an objective, you know, outside observer point of view. When you showed up here three weeks ago, you were like gray, sucked up, looked just this side of dead. And now I'm seeing a bright, smiling, happy person that's put on some healthy weight. They got some color back in their skin. You don't look like you're dying anymore. And right. uh, it's, 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 an, it's an amazing thing to see. And so... Well, and remember you told that story one time about the about the girl who came in and she wanted you to take her photo when you were uh, doing the yeah. intake and you were like, really? No. You really it want helps. a photo? It, but then when you showed it to her, I think she was mid-sauna or just finished sauna, and she couldn't believe. She was in tears when she saw the yeah. difference. You know, I, I don't recommend that you do befores and afters, but, you know, it no. it, it's, yeah. it it would show, do you know? Yeah, the thing is, you don't realize how bad off you are. (laughs) You really don't. I mean, I remember having raccoon eyes from not sleeping, you know, a crusty nose um, just all over the place and thinking I was God's gift to women. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of completely out of my mind. But you don't realize how bad you get as far as like your physical appearance goes to other people. And that's why I used to like say to myself, well, I mean, if I get in this scenario and blah, 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 at least they won't look at me like I'm some drug addict because I look like a nice, fine, upstanding gentleman. And I did not. Right. Upstanding gentleman. I looked like a complete drug addict. And uh, we just don't realize how bad we how that bad off we get. And so, you know, like with that girl, she couldn't believe that she looked that bad. And uh, I mean, drugs will take a toll on you, um, not only mentally, but physically. And uh It's nice to see these guys change because it makes the job that I do and the long hours I put in, the dedication, blood, sweat, and tears that goes into what I do every day worthwhile. Exactly. Exactly. And I like doing it. It's my purpose. Uh, I didn't get into this to make the big bucks or to live some sort of lavish lifestyle. I got into this because of a true desire to help people because I needed serious help when I came in. And there were people there for me that just like totally got it and they understood and they had been through it and they just – Every day they gave me a little bit more encouragement, a little bit more hope that things were going to be okay. Because I was looking at them like, I can't imagine you ever as a drug addict. Right. Um, and now people say that about me. So, yep. um, and every day, you know, if I can change one person's life or do something meaningful for them, it makes everything I'm doing completely worth it. I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. So let's interview. His name is Austin. Let's interview Austin. All right. So Austin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yes, ma'am. Anytime. So usually the way I start these interviews is I want you to tell me your story. How did you get introduced to drugs in the first place? What was going on? 
Yes, ma'am. Um, I start off. I was a kid. I had a good life growing up. Um, I'm from South Georgia, so I mean, I'm small town country boy. And uh, I started dibble dabbling with drugs probably about the age of 12 or 13. I started uh, smoking marijuana and uh, just started off mainly with marijuana. And then I was working in a place called MDIS in Fitzgerald. It's a plastic extrusions plant. And a guy there sold methamphetamines. And I bought some meth from him one day and started doing meth. And ever since then, it's just been an ongoing case of addiction with it. Um, it's pretty much brought me all the way down as far as low can go. And now, thank the Lord, I'm, I'm back up. Uh, meth was, especially when I, when I started using the needle, that's when it was a really bad point. Um, I didn't really know what to what to do with myself i didn't know why i was using drugs i didn't know i thought it was just something to do because i was bored or wanted to have fun i felt like i couldn't go to bars or go to parties with my friends when i was growing up or have fun if i wasn't getting high hmm. and now i realize that no that that was just that was just the back burner of all my other problems growing up my mom and dad got divorced and that kind of took a toll on me uh family wasn't together and stuff but right. not blaming them for my problems but that's that's when everything started and uh Wait, how old were you when when your parents got divorced i was about 12 or 13 oh yeah there age. you go right around when you started smoking marijuana okay and uh started getting locked up going to jail i caught a, a burglary charge at the age of 17 um and i went to jail for that i got out and was doing good working making good money and that's when I got introduced to the meth, and and I got locked. I, I got locked back up. Went to jail. Um, I was hunting with a gun and got caught by the game warden with possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. And um, I went back to jail, uh, did a little bit of time, and I got out. I was doing good, and then I messed up again and was going hunting, doing drugs, doing meth. When I was sitting in a deer stand and just. Started cheating on my child's mother, and uh, it's before we had my child, but just started doing a lot of messed up things um, that I never could have really seen myself doing as a as a kid when I was clean and sober growing up. Uh, I couldn't really see myself doing any of that. My family's never done drugs. Uh, I grew up in a good family, and it was just, I was kind of like the black sheep of the family. Uh, felt helpless. I didn't really know how to get away from the drugs or confront my problems just because I was always high. Right. But did you do other rehabs, Austin, before you uh, came to Narconon? I went to a prison based rehab in Sycamore, Georgia and Bainbridge, Georgia. It's called RSAT. Okay. Um, I went to that and it's more of a 12 step program. And I didn't really like those me personally, just because, you're standing up and, and you're saying, hey, my name's so-and-so and I'm an addict. I don't believe that. I believe addiction is a choice and it's not a disease. And you've got the choice to either get yourself in rehab, like I chose to do this time on my own, and I'm proud of that, or you got the choice to sit there and be an addict. Yes, uh, you can sit there and tell yourself this disease all you want, but you're not born with it. You're not you're – not, you're born with – with Down syndrome or something like that. You're not born with addiction. Right. Right. 
Yes, that is definitely something that we discuss many times on this podcast, because if you are taught over and over again that it's a disease and you're always going to have it and you can't ever get rid of it, then the viewpoint has got to become, well, then why bother? If I can't get rid of it, I'll just continue to be an addict. Exactly. And it, exactly. Takes, it takes away the responsibility. I, I have a question for you. you. You know, you said you started smoking marijuana. When you, when you decided to try meth, and maybe you can answer this, maybe not. I'm just thinking here. Was it because you wanted to get a better high? Well, it was kind of like I tried it for the first time on uh, New Year's night. I went to a big New Year's party in Rochelle, Georgia. And I bought some meth from a guy where I worked. And I went to the New Year's party. And me and my child, my child wasn't born yet, but me and uh, me and her mother, Beth, we were still together at the time. And we went to the party, and Beth's never done drugs. She barely even drinks alcohol. And I'd go out to the car, and I'd do some, and I just – I loved it. I felt like I was the life of the party. I mean, I was, I was acting wild, cutting a fool, carrying on with a bunch of country boys and country girls. I mean, it was just a good time. But then I kept doing it and kept doing it, and it was like I needed it to get out of bed. Like, it wasn't just – fun just to do and have a good time no more it was more of i needed it like i needed food or water right um, and then uh, snorting and all that stuff wasn't so bad the needle is really that's what made my life spiral downhill and now that i'm up again i will never look back i, I couldn't imagine myself ever going back doing that type of stuff just because I've got way too much love for my child, uh, that's and that's that's really what drives me. How old is she? She is a year and four months. Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, my ten-month-old twin grandkids and my five-year-old granddaughter are coming to visit today, and I can't wait. Oh, awesome. But but well done, you. Hey, how did you find Narcan on Austin? Um, my mom. When I was, I think, nineteen. My mom in two thousand. It was in 2014. Uh, my mom actually looked it up at one time, and she didn't really tell me about it because I didn't really. I, then I wouldn't have went. I'll be honest with you. Right. Then I wouldn't have went. Right. Um, I wasn't ready as a person, and I didn't think I had a problem. Um, this time, um, at 20, I was 22 when I came here. I'm 23 now. But my uh, my aunt died. She passed away three days before I got here, and. I told my sister, me and my sister was talking and, and my child's mother, she came down to see me because me and her were split up and she wouldn't really let me have anything to do with my child. And I thought it was more of her fault, but it was my fault because she was just keeping my child away from me because I was, I was messing up. Right. And she brought my child to see me and they talked to me and I said, look, I'm ready to get help. I know I need help. I've got a bad problem. I mean, I was, I got, it got so bad. I was shooting up 0.5, 0.7 a day. Uh, or more than I was shooting up about two to three grams a day of meth. Yikes. And yeah, it just it, it it got horribly bad and, and they talked to me and I was like, Look, I know I need help, I know I wanna get help, I wanna be there for my young when she grows up, I don't wanna be in a grave or locked up for the rest of my life. So I told them, I said, Y'all find somewhere for me to go and I'm willing to go however long it takes, whatever whatever I can do to make things right. Wow. And so they found Narcanon and here you are. 
Yes, ma'am. They sure did. My, uh, I think my dad's the one that actually found it this time. Okay. And, um, and it, 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 it's a life changing experience. It really is. It's, it's changed me completely. My family sees it. I see it. Um, I'm actually happy to be alive again. I, I'm, I'm more happier than I remember when I was a kid. Wow. You know what I mean, it's, it's an incredible experience and I, truly encourage um anybody that's got a drug problem or a problem like mine or just problems in general um come to narconon uh, read about it do what you got to do to make things right for you and your family because it, it, you're not gonna live forever and and you need to get it right while you can and and do what you need to do in life and what you're what you're supposed to do in life to to help people and be the best you can be and and be whatever you want to be. Right. Wow. So, Austin, tell me, what was the point in the Narconon program? What was the point where you realized that you could beat this addiction and get clean and and stay clean and sober? At what point did that happen for you? Um. Well, withdraw. I came in and withdraw, and I was. I knew I wanted to change, but but I was kind of skeptical about it. Um. I went into withdrawal. I didn't really have a bad withdrawal. I just slept most of the time because I was up seven days before I got here. Oh, boy. Yes, ma'am. And I, uh, I got through withdrawal, and I started doing a sauna and uh, started sweating all those drugs and toxins out. And I just I felt better. Like I, I, I just felt like I don't even know how to explain it. Just, just a butterfly that just came out of a cocoon or something. I mean, it was great. <laughs> and... And then uh, objectives really hit home for me. It really worked. It granted, I got a little aggravated and got a little pissed off, and uh, <laughs> and, and, got, and got mad a few times to myself for the things that I'd done. But and able to get control over things and 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 conquer things and see a new perspective on life. You got to get through them. You can't just put them on the back burner forever. Because they're always going to come back up. Right. Once you deal with it and you handle it, uh, like for me, I did an objectives. Now I've got a whole different look on life. I see things clearly. I see stuff for what it is. I'm in present time. It's just a, a lot of different things in it. It works. It really does. That's awesome. Now, it, sorry. Probably, life skills is working good for me right now. Um, found out a lot of stuff that I did and I couldn't remember that I did and I wrote it down and, and actually got it out for the first time because I was withholding a lot of those things inside. But once I got it out, I just I, I felt like a fresh new person. I'm sure. I, I'm definitely sure. So has your family been down to see you? Yes, ma'am. My mom and my, my mom, Donna, my sister, Casey, and my daughter, Skyla Claire, uh, they came down to see me about three weeks ago. Um and it was absolutely, even though I was still at Narconon and I wasn't out, uh, I guess you could say, in the free world with them, it was probably one of the best times I've had with them wow. in years. In years. Wow, that's so awesome. I, I can't applaud you enough for doing the program. I know yes. that, you know, the Narconon program is not a walk in the park, but it is does what it needs to do. And if you really do the steps of the program, you come out the other side, a new person, and you just 
sound like a new person, and I I think that's thrilling. Yes, ma'am. It's 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 definitely not it's not going to change you if you don't want to change. If you don't want the help, and you just come here and fly through it and just do it to get by then you're going to get back out and use drugs again. No offense. But if you come here and you work the program and you do what you're supposed to and you actually want to change and you make the decision as a person to change, Narcanon is going to give you the tools to change. You just got to you just got to put them to work. That's right. That's right. So what's ahead for you when you finish? What are you going to do? Um I hopefully I'm going. Well, I'm going back to Georgia. I know that. Uh, I love my small town, but uh, I live in Fitzgerald, Georgia. I just say that that way. Any my buddies from Fitzgerald here, they know I'm on here. But uh, <laughs> but I'm going to probably move up north above Atlanta and probably start working somewhere up there. Hopefully, uh, me and my child's mother will get back together and have our family back and just be a good person, be a good dad. To, to my daughter and and help people my dad owns a gym and we've always helped people like rehabilitation and i've done some personal training and stuff like that and i just i enjoy helping people um i would like to stay here at knocking on but i'm i got a daughter and i and and i want to enjoy my daughter's life too but i'm gonna help people in any way that i can that's that's my goal i think that's that, I believe i'm here on this earth yeah i think that's great i mean people in georgia need help and you know, you'll also be in a position if you, you know, run across people with an addiction problem, you know where to send them. Yes, ma'am. I definitely do. But I cannot thank you enough for being on the podcast today. When, when we, when you tell your story and when I get other students to tell their story, it resonates with people who listen to this podcast. And in the same way that, you know, Jason says, you know, seeing people come out the other end like you, it makes his, you know, his life worthwhile. I think that, you know, when people listen to the podcast that, you know, I think we're affecting people and your story is definitely, it's definitely going to affect people because it's, it's the truth and it's honest and sincere. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much for being with yes, us today. Yes, ma'am. And, and, and one more thing, like, I, it's good to be around people like the people here in Arkansas that's been through what you've been through and what I've been through. And I, I'm the type of person I'm not willing and I don't want to talk to people or a person about a certain thing with my addiction that, that has no clue what I've been through or what I'm going through. The people here, they, they know what we go through. They've been there. They've done that. And that's what makes it so great about the staff here and even the students here, the students here have helped me get through a lot. And, uh, and I just can't, I just can't, uh, express enough how good I feel as a person now. And I just want to keep climbing up the ladder. Oh, I, I'm just very well done. You just, that's yes, awesome. Austin. Wow. What a great story. Yes, ma'am. Well, Jason, thank you so much for, you know, bringing to my attention that you had Austin there and he really wanted to be on the podcast and tell his story. I, what a delightful young man. And he's got his whole life and, you know, his daughter's life and uh, just everything ahead of him. And it's, it's super, super exciting. It's amazing. And that's why we do what we do, because 
being able to put a family unit back together is invaluable. Yep. Uh, there's not much else that can do that because, you know, in other modalities, you're just going to continue your life always thinking you're an addict. Then, then you share with your family what you're learning in that modality. And then they're under the mindset that you're always going to be an addict. And it really doesn't give anybody much of a chance to move past it. Right. Because everyone thinks the person's always going to be an addict, the family, the addict, everybody. Right. At least here we can deliver, you know, someone's family member back as like a whole complete person. Well, and you you know, not only that, Jason, I mean, it's not only that, you know, if we look at Austin and, you know, he is basically like, you know, like a free person right now because he's free from the addiction of drugs. But look at what we give to his family. I mean, look at what not we, but look at what you give to his daughter and look at what you give to his mom and the mom of his daughter. And, you know, it, 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 what you do, as I know, you know, does not just affect your life. It affects the life of everyone around the addict. And that's huge. I think it is huge. And, um, you know, I love that these guys can actually leave here with goals, dreams, ambitions, because those are all things you lose through your addiction. Right. You know, I was, you know, I had tons of goals, dreams, ambitions, the things I wanted to do and wanted to be and all those things. Uh, And going through addiction, you start to feel like you can't have those things because addiction is all about losing yourself. Right. And losing things and losing your goals, losing your dreams, losing your drive and ambition. And after a while, you lose so much, you just feel like you can't have any of it. And so part of, you know what we do here kind of restores a person's ability to have those things again. And it's, it's kind of amazing because, you know, I actually realized the things I wanted to have back in the day that I thought I couldn't have and even want anymore was I had new goals, new dreams, new ambitions, new drives. And uh, I think the same happens with a lot of these guys here because you're actually able to find yourself again. Yeah. And, you know, when I was going through addiction, I completely lost myself to the point of the way I identified myself was I'm a drug addict. I'm a drug user. This is, this is me. It became my identity. Yep. Um, that's how far lost I got. And um, I know a lot of these guys go through it too. It's when you come through a program that restores your responsibility in your own life and in your own condition you're actually able to find yourself again. And a lot of times you're a little bit different than how you left yourself. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> but it's always in a positive way. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's in a good way. When you find yourself, it's like, okay, this is this is me. Like in, 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 the, in the moment right here, right now, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I stand for. And the day you no longer identify yourself as a drug addict is a pretty cool day. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And, you know, Austin said something interesting. You know, I think I've said or you've said, you know, um, you know, you, you the addict is able to get back to what it was like when they were a child. And he said it's even better than what it was like when he was a child. So I thought that was pretty cool. So it is, I think it's cool. I, I, and, you know, I agree with Austin in that regard because I went through the same thing. Um, and not only that, but my relationship with people, my relationships, multiple, plural, with people was better than before after I did the Narcanon program. Even It was better than even before I became a drug addict. Yep. Because I even bef- 
before even before I became addicted to drugs, you know, I ran into life problems as a young person. I I had my own issues. I had, you know, failures to communicate and all sorts of things. And I had a lot of strained relationships around me with friends, with family, with whomever. And it, I think it took going through going through addiction, going through Narconon, learning basically how to live life. Um, and life is involving other people and, yep. and being able to deal with those other people. It gave me this uh, immeasurable success in handling all the people I was connected to and my relationships with them. And like my parents, I have a way better relationship with them now than I ever did before I was an addict. And I think that's kind of an amazing thing. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Well, I don't know the woman that is the mother of Austin's child, but here's my wish that, you know, now that he's clean and sober, she's going to see again the wonderful man that she fell in love with in the first place, and they will go back together. There's my wish. I hope so. Yeah, me too. Me too. And Austin just smiles, so I think he hopes so too. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm sure. Um, cool. So we're going to talk again next week. We are over 16,000 downloads now. Uh, so our next milestone will be 20,000, and I don't think it's going to be very long before we get there. Um, right. I don't know if you know, but the last, last week's uh, podcast, I titled it um, Alcohol Versus Marijuana. It was the uh -huh. largest number of downloads by far uh, of, I'm sure. of all of the podcasts we've done. So anyway. Well, we'll keep doing it. And we'll keep talking. We will. We'll, we will talk again next week. Um, we've got a lot coming down the pipeline, a lot of interviews and things, but we'll, um, we're just going to keep putting it out there because if we can help one person that listens to this podcast, it is all worthwhile. And I believe we've helped way more than one. I think so. Apparently, we've talked to about 16,000. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, we'll talk again next week. You have a good week. And there you go. We'll talk then. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcononsuncoast.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 